You're listening to the Alternative Investment Podcast. We give you the insights and strategies you need to grow your wealth with alternative investments. Now, here's your host, Andy Hagens. Welcome to the show. I'm Andy Hagens. And today we're talking about a really exciting private equity play. To be honest, this is right up my alley. It ticks all of the boxes for me. I don't have any skin in the game in this deal. I'm not an investor, but I'm just really excited about the potential. I find it very intriguing. Here today is Ronnie Shmuel, CEO at Circuit City. Ronnie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today, Andy. Looking forward. So Circuit City is a cool company with a pretty long history. I was I was doing some research before the interview. It was founded in 1949. According to my research, I, I was surprised by that. I, d- I didn't know that. So it's a little older than I thought. But I'm guessing a lot of our audience, a lot of our listeners will be uh, you know, familiar with the company in the 2000s, right? With the, the dot-com boom and a lot, you know, electronics retailing at that time period. And then when the company filed for bankruptcy in 2008. So Ronnie, do you mind giving us just a brief overview, a history of Circuit City before you even got involved, just to sort of set the context? Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to add this for the context. So I've been in the consumer electronic industry for over 22 years. Uh, so I saw I saw the height of Circuit City being in the industry and saw when they went bankrupt, unfortunately. And uh, what happened with Circuit City, they became the number one consumer electronic destination in the country, in North America, actually. They had 700 stores roughly in America, and they had 650 stores in Canada. Uh, over time, as, they, as big as they got, uh, they also had internal management issues. They also looked at the market a little differently uh, at the time when they brought in CEOs, even from Best Buy. Previous executives from Best Buy trying to follow some of Best Buy's um, strategy, you know, strategies that they, they were putting out there in the market. Um, they they actually one of their biggest things that they did that set the tone for the demise was they got rid of probably one of their biggest attributes what, that was uh, sales guided consultative experts in store. The so Circuit City just went to self service uh, a self service model which really upset a lot of the customers and they they started losing customers. And and it just it went into a spiral effect thereafter, you know. So I, I got to I got to watch that um and see how such a big company that could have been uh, you know alive in its in its prior form for another hundred years. Uh the previous owner told me, he goes, um, his name is uh, Alan Sam Wurzel. So it was Alan Wurzel wrote a book. And in his book, and after I spoke to him briefly, he said, I built this company with my father to, father to last forever. And uh, that that's what happens with mismanagement, unfortunately. But it also gave me an opportunity uh, for my group to acquire the brand when when it was available. So Circuit City went bankrupt in 2008. I mean, I, I, I take your point. They made some strategic missteps. And I think it must be said, you know, physical retailing, it is a very... It's tough, right? It's it's uh, not easy to be a physical retailer of, of any kind and consumer electronics, very competitive landscape. So they went bankrupt. What happened to the Circuit City assets, the brand name, the company 
uh, let's say in 2009 post bankruptcy? Was it was it dormant? Were there any stores that did it continue to run post bankruptcy at all, or did it just totally it, shut down? It there was a bankruptcy court order uh, from some of Circuit City's top creditors, and the judge ruled uh, if they don't have a they couldn't find a buyer within a specific amount of time. The way the bankruptcy um, system works in court with retailers and companies. They give them a and a lot of time to find a buyer, and they really couldn't find a buyer to take home of the company, um, just like a Bed Bath and Beyond. Or so what happened was there was a very large public company called Systemax. Systemax at the time owned other assets like Circuit City, so they were very, they were very familiar being in the consumer electronic and e-commerce industry. Uh, they also owned at the time Comp USA, Tiger Direct, so it was a conglomerate of you know, an array of really top brands uh, in this category. So they ended up buying the brand, relaunching it in its dot-com form and had roughly, give or take, 20 stores spread out through America just to keep that continuity of what people really like to do. Walk into a store, touch the product. Um, around 2013, being in the same industry, I had the opportunity to connect with this company called Systemax, and um, we were engaged to acquire the brand from them. Got it. Okay, so bring us up then to to what made you what made you decide to do that? What made you decide to buy Circuit City? Is it still a hybrid strategy with some brick and mortar locations? Is it mostly online? Is it only online now? Um, I, I guess that now bridge us from that to the present day. What what is what is the current iteration of Circuit City, and what's the strategy going forward? So, Andy, my in my prior life, I um, also acquired a very large brand in its scope in consumer electronics, banker brand called Forty Seven Tree Photo. We built that brand up in e-commerce play only to being one of the top five hundred e-commerce companies in the U.S. And within that time, I realized that what a brand can do as far as having already that, that enormous brand awareness in its category, in its industry. So we we thought about bringing on Circuit City early on in its form of only being an e-commerce direct-to-consumer play, um, something that I've done b- before again, as mentioned. And I knew that throughout my learnings and some prior strategies that we uh, executed on, and we did very well with it, uh, we, we felt that we would bring that to a national brand like circuit city so it would be an extremely compelling offering to to the public got it okay so with no brick and mortar mind you we 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 had no plans for brick and mortar to bring back some of that uh in-store type of you know iteration of the brand got it okay so circuit city now is is only online it's it's an e-tailer it's it's only online Right now, and we're not we're not planning on opening up brick and mortar. So it's a, it's an e commerce technology play only, digital play only. Got it. And in terms of your um, your supply chain or the or the products that you're retailing, are you partnering with other retailers or other distributors or wholesalers, or are you actually carrying inventory yourself or? You know, is is it are you are you sort of matchmaking consumers to existing supply chains? You know, via a, a convenient e-commerce platform, or is it more than that, where you actually kind of own the the supply chain internally? It's a great question. 
I'll, I'll, I'll be a little, I'll go a little in depth into it. Yeah. Uh, so Circuit City right now, over the past five years, we have been focused on, we have four pillars. I'll start with that. Okay. Four pillars of our business. The first one's e-commerce, direct to consumer. The second one is B2B e-commerce. The third one is powered by Circuit City, which I'll I'll go into that. It's the newest one we're very excited about. And the fourth one is called Marketplace. And I'll, I'll go into that shortly. And each one complements each other into a platform. And I'll explain what that means as well. Um, so right now, Circuit City Direct Consumer, you can visit us at circuitcity.com and you'll be able to buy brand new products from your favorite brands. So think about Samsung, Apple, L- LG, and, and so on and so forth. And we, when we get an order, we tend to either hold inventory only on the best products, but mostly on the balance, 90% of it is all dropship. So we don't have to hold the inventory. Yeah. We don't have to have that high um, velocity of carrying and worrying about the inventory. So it, it's definitely a new wave of being an e-commerce company, not really worrying about the logistics, the infrastructure on that end of it. Uh, we also have... Wait, uh, sorry, but you do carry inventory on like the best sellers or... The best sellers. Got the, it. The products that have the highest velocity. We want to be able to position those products. Think about your PlayStations when they're really hot coming up in Black Friday. We can't get enough of them. So we will take a position on that and, and we'll have enough to service our customers that way. Understood. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and then there's so some of the uh, the rest of the inventory, you're getting much more breadth and depth with drop shipping from, I don't know if that's distributors or, or whoever, direct from manufacturers. So it's directly from the manufacturers mostly. Okay. Um, so if Samsung, we set Samsung up. I'll use Samsung as an example, big brand. We will connect to their to their platform. We'll connect to our platform. And as soon as we get an order in milliseconds, goes over to them, they pick and pack it within 24 hours and ship directly to the consumer. That, so this is the first iteration of what we did with Circuit City and direct to consumer. The next part of this play that we're that we have in motion already is our a number two pillar, which is Circuit City for business, which we're very excited about as well. Um, there are 32 million small businesses in America. And what we found, there's almost a white space in this area. We didn't anticipate focusing on businesses, but as businesses, as small businesses shop today, really the entry point is they come to a, a regular e-commerce website and they look for products as every as as anybody else andy and and once we identify who they are as a business we start building that relationship up so we build the trust we give them the really good pricing uh service is extremely important and and we built that business so it's been consistent growth in on the b2b sector year over year um so that's that's a second way that we um transact and we interact with our with with consumers and businesses um, so- uh, I, I love that, by the way. I just as a, as an speaking and now as an investor, I love B two B. I mean, it's just it's yeah, you know, us too. It you have to be uh, more patient. You know, it's longer sales cycles, long term relationship building, um, but it can just provide very stable cash flow and just frankly big chunks of revenue. It, uh, it is the orders are are dramatically higher on the sales side. Um, the stickiness of that customer. Once you, once we interact with a business customer, we hold on to them. 
we we do right by them and they're not price shopping like a regular average consumer and the volume is there and there's we 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 saw a study recently i think by forrester that by 2025 80% of businesses are going to transact online it's it's almost at its infancy stage on the business side uh, businesses you know don't shop like consumers but they do find companies like ourselves on the internet. So we're, we're finding this, this model that's, that's being, I think through COVID. So through COVID, you know, it really gave businesses a push online um, and uh, really for people to, to transact online. Understood. Okay. So you've, yeah. you've kind of walked me through the the core or original B2C strategy, and then you've, you've added on the B2B sales but then there were other aspects, I guess, of where you're evolving to or some the, the marketplace. T- tell us more about those other channels that you're developing. Absolutely. Our newest and one of our most exciting pillars, we're really excited about it. Uh, it's going to it's going to you're going to start seeing it at the press shortly. It's called Powered by Circuit City, and it means exactly what those words are. We are powering other companies in the consumer electronic industry, and I'll, and I'll give you an example. Have you ever seen Kohl's and Sephora together in store and online? And if you haven't, if you just go to Sephora, uh, to Kohl's.com and you click on beauty, you see this experience done properly where you have the logo of the brand, so they're leveraging the brand mm-hmm. and the company like a Sephora compared to Circuit City, is curating the products that belong to the Kohl's customer. So that they'll mat- they're actually matching. You mentioned matching earlier. It's exactly what we're doing. Um, we're, we've just launched our first retail partnership with JCPenney. We are in 288 stores. We have an in-store footprint that it's, it's completely self-service. So there's no, there's no lease, there's no rent. Uh, and then we're actually operating the JCPenney consumer electronic department online. So you'll find Circuit City on JCPenney with our logo there, and we're feeding them products every week in different categories that they never had before. Oh, that's awesome. So there, it's basically a bolt-on solution for them to get incremental revenue, get incremental revenue without really taking on the risk of, we want to go out and ourselves build out a consumer electronics division. You know, and even if, you know, a lot of these retailers in different industries to think about Hardware. Think about Lowe's, Home Depot. They do sell some some type of electronics. They're just yeah. fully blown out in this category. And they, right. you know, what? Most of them are just not destinations with the brand. But we're finding over the last couple of years there have been so much. I, I call it collapse between brand and brand. Toys R Us now. The new Toys R Us just launched recently, and now they're with Macy's. So if you go to Macy's, you click on toys, you see Toys R Us. So this really positions the brand into a place that's almost proprietary to us. There's not too many brands at this level that have this awareness that actually that can actually do this. Between let's let's keep the expertise and what we do very well. We bring exclusive products. We bring also Andy private label products. So we have branded Circuit City products that give us and the retailer a lot more margin on the profitability end. And and you can't really shop those products. I'm, so, getting, I'm getting Costco vibes in a really good way when you say that, Ronnie. Thank you. So <laughs> the, we're the Kirkland, the Kirkland brand, right? So the Circuit you know, City. Yes, and, I'm and a Costco fan too. Yeah, <laughs> but but to your point, consumers trust the Circuit City brand name. And now here's the interesting thing: is psychologically speaking, 
it it works. Like I I trust the Circuit City brand name. Now, logically, I know that the current Circuit City, logistically, legally, operationally, has almost nothing to do from the Circuit City of my youth of, of the year 2000 when my dad took me to the store and you know bought me a, my first pc or whatever but the emotional connection is still there right like the the absolutely so it's, it's i don't want to call it my lizard brain but it's 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 still that emotional connection that trust it's very real uh and, and i think it yeah it's not exactly nostalgia but just it's it's the value of the brand name and you know i, I understand that sometimes these legacy companies will have too much weight, too much overhead, bad decisions, they go bankrupt, you know, all of those, the value of the brand name still cannot outpace the the cumulative bad decisions or or headwinds. But nevertheless, even after a bankruptcy, the value of the brand name is just tremendous. But but I do have one question. And and I'm speaking really as a marketer, because um, that's that is kind of my former life is pure marketing, you know, I I dabbled in finance now more deeply into finance. And I would say, you know, when it comes to, let's say Google AdWords, uh, I'm a good AdWords guy, right? Like to use a baseball analogy, like I I could probably try out for a single A team and and maybe make the team or something, but I'm not like MLB level AdWords. I'm not like a truly elite, you know, really, you know, expert. And I'm thinking in this landscape, you're literally competing against Amazon. And from what I understand, you know, you have a pretty lean team, you're a pretty small team, you're punching above your weight in terms of your team size. How how are you going about building in the team that that can be a small, lean team and and, and literally have the ability to compete with Amazon and, and some of these other, you know, best buys of the world? It's a great question. As big as Amazon is and as big as Best Buy is, there's there's so much white space that we're finding. So we're looking at the opportunities where we can excel either with certain product lines, but l- let's put that aside for a minute. I'll tell you one of the biggest factors. Best Buy f- has followed Amazon and their self-service model. And we're, we're finding it unique, you know, where Best Buy now, if you go to bestbuy.com, you can't even find their phone number. Um, you can't even find a live chat unless you go to a help page. So we're finding that Best Buy is mimicking Amazon and Amazon's completely self-service. So if you know what you're looking for, you know, Amazon is the jack of all trades. If you know what you're looking for, it may be a good platform for you. But if you're buying a complex product, buying technology, buying technology products, Andy, today is a complexity. Home automation, finding the new laptop that'll work for you. We're more, we're more bringing back experts face-to-face. We, we put our phone number right on the homepage. We actually encourage customers to contact us on the live chat. We we've even okay. Got... That that is a differentiator. You, I mean, I I asked you point blank, how are you competing with Amazon? You said we put our phone number on our homepage. I'm like, yep. wow. Okay, that's a pretty big difference between. You'll be surprised Amazon. how many yeah. people call us a day, and we do it really efficiently. And we we don't time people on the phone. Once they interact with our highly trained people, our personnel that are trained by vendors. I'll give you an example. Think about your favorite headphone company. Just pick one, Sony or Skullcandy or whoever. They train our people in the on the product end, why this headphone's better, why this one sounds better. So that way they're able to give the customer a solution. And our returns are extremely lower than anybody that we've seen on Amazon's end or even Best Buy. If you want to return an item on Best Buy, 
and not to knock them, Best Buy is a good company. So is Amazon. We we just are looking for the value to help the consumer come to us, transact with us, and really feel that this is the right place where they can discover new products. Uh, and that's part of it, by the way. We're bringing some, you know, I still like going to stores in some categories, shoes or suits or or something. But if there was a way to save my time and not to go, you know, live in the city, it, it's really hectic during the week. If there was a way that other categories can bring some of that physical experience online, it would make it really, really compelling for me to shop on these on these other platforms. And, and I've seen it with maybe the furniture industry, they're giving ways for people to shop where it's almost like fusing the digital and physical world together. So we're really trying to do that too. We're trying to give ways for consumers to shop at almost at a realistic pace where they're able to look at the products in a different way rather than just a product on a page, go figure it out yourself, look at reviews. We don't even know if some of the reviews are real or not the review side now. Uh, we're finding that CNBC did an article on Amazon. A lot of their reviews, unfortunately, not real we're finding and and they're not hard to really play so but i i do like amazon for for other categories that are they're just really simple and you know not to get into it but complex products i really feel that if customers have a place they trust and they find the right product they'll keep on coming back to us and that's what we're building on yeah and there's so much to unpack there but but just a, a couple thoughts one is it's interesting this is the 2023, soon to be 2024 version of Circuit City, right? And and like I said, logically, I know, you know, in theory, legally, operationally, there's not really any link to the previous Circuit City. But what you said about the phone number and access to experts as a consumer shopper, I actually do think that, that that's very strongly linked to that previous shopping experience that folks would have actually enjoyed in the 2000s or in the 90s or whatever, there was so much marketing around that, around how you could go to Circuit City or Best Buy or whatever, and it's like talk to the geek, talk to the Geek Squad or yes. talk to the experts. And you're you're totally right. I mean, Amazon's entire um, customer service attitude is like a, a middle finger. Like you, you just don't talk to us. Do whatever you need to do, but just do not talk to us. And a lot of human beings don't like that, right? Like no. if you don't have it's friction, I think. It's a friction yeah. Problem. And it's it's borderline insulting sometimes when you have a problem and you can't talk to a human being or you have a question and you can't talk to a human being. And I think from Amazon's point of view, they would say, well, we could do all that, but then prices would go up 5%. But I think a lot of consumers would happily pay 5% more for the ability to talk to a human, for the, you know, the help to solve complex problems or pick a complex product to your point uh if if i'm my grandma we, 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 te we tested it i mean it, it works uh, i'll give you another example of what we did we did a pilot where it's called device setup support customer buys a complex product like think about your tv your smart tv or even more so a laptop how do i get office 365 set up how do i get disconnected my router and it, it gets complex so device setup support um, allows customers intervals between 15 minutes, 30, and 45 minutes to do just to set up a Zoom um, with one of our reps. And it has worked like wildfire. I mean, um, we can't keep up with the demand. So we 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 have to 
you know, tweak it up a little bit, but it is, it so is, I'm sorry. Is that like an add on product? Like for a fee, I can it's a get service. Like, it's okay. a service. It, so it's something that we offered customers um, at checkout and it's just really clear device setup support via zoom mm -hmm. and customers add to cart. And then it automatically gives them the calendar that they can set it up with a specific service rep and uh customer. We've tried it at a black Friday event and it was amazing. We actually even included we included that service with a with Ring one year for Black Friday as a promotion. Mm -hmm. So besides giving customers a competitive price, we actually give them the service level too, and they love it. And I, and I got I have to mention something too. You know, a lot we we didn't know that we didn't have this data when we first launched. We thought that a lot of customers knew that prior customers, legacy knew that Circuit City went out of business. We have found an astonishing amount of, of users, customers that never even thought about Circuit City, never even thought that they went out of business. I'm like, yeah. you don't know that they went. So I guess if you're not a consumer electronic enthusiast or you haven't paid attention, because it was a very, very quick death with Circuit City. They went bankrupt. They got bought out within a two month, three, two to three month period. And then and that company, Systemax, relaunched it within two months. They already had a platform. Well, and Ronnie, that's the thing about bankruptcy. And I think consumers, maybe this kind of gets lost sometimes, but sometimes bankrupt companies go under, sometimes they reorganize and they continue to operate. Sometimes other companies buy their assets. So it's almost as a consumer, even if they did go into bankruptcy, I think I'd be thinking, well, I'm sure they're still around in some way, shape or form. So it probably, but I could also see some people just don't not remembering that they would like people got a lot going on to they you do. know versus following every corporate you know fortune 500 bankruptcy in the news or whatever absolutely and that's what we realized out of this uh we put this when we put this first strategy session together years ago you know going back on our first circuitcity.com launch for our first pillar we started collecting data and we started seeing where the trends were and capitalizing on those trends and can continuing to build from there um, so one thing that we haven't spoke about was our is, is our fourth pillar. And again, it's an extremely compelling e-commerce tech play that we've learned from the best. We've learned from Amazon. We've seen what has worked in the marketplace. I back in 2017, we right around this time where we were putting our strategy together, getting prepared for launching, we knew, that if we didn't have a brand like Circuit City, we really wouldn't be able to compete with the Best Buy of the world, Best Buys and Amazon of the world. So pillar four is called marketplace. And what that means is just as Amazon has, Amazon's business now consists of roughly almost 60% of their sales come from third-party sellers, which means that somebody's called John, John's Electronics is a seller on Amazon. Customers sometimes know Sometimes they do not know, depending if Amazon has a prime badge on it. You may not realize. Right. Yeah. And it's fulfilled by the third party seller. Amazon now in turn collects a revenue share from that sale. So if somebody is selling a laptop or TV for $999, Amazon will collect and it's published 6% of that product in, in, in revenue. Um, and, and Amazon's goal is really now just to transact on that. They don't have to carry the product. They just have to have these third-party sellers. And what happens with what has happened with Amazon, their 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 search results have gone so deep deep in the flooded. You you if you search for an HDMI cable or just something, 
you have 189 pages. There's just too much clutter, too much to find something now I'm finding myself. So we're like, you know, we have to really roll back the wheel and make it simple for customers. We have to make it more curated. We don't have to offer every single product. You know, Amazon has so many sellers from around the world and they all look the same. They all have these generic names on them. We're like, this is not a great customer experience. We, we really, um, and even in the results, you know, Amazon now puts up in their algorithm, if you search for something, any product, the first thing that comes up and probably the first three to five results, all sponsored ads. Are they relevant? Is it what I'm looking for? Is it the best product? I don't think so. It's whoever. It kind of, Ronnie, it kind of reminds me of Google in the sense that with their cost per click model, it was like they have, you know, the goose with the golden egg. But then I, I hate to say it, they almost got too greedy. And exactly. I'm, I'm comparing the search results now to five years ago on Amazon or Google, to be honest with you. And I'm saying to myself, these are worse. I preferred it when it was there was one sponsored result at the top. And then I had... You know, my you know, on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, for Google. sure. I yeah. see it. It's 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 becoming more about monetization and maybe less about what the relevancy is. And it it just kind of just brings the customer just gets frustrated. And we're finding that, you know what? Launching a dedicated, by the way, the the only dedicated marketplace in the US that focuses only on consumer electronics is gonna be groundbreaking. It's it's going to be and it's with the brand circuit city, so it's not well, just talk, about, talk about the curated aspect though. So is is this different? So on Amazon, you know, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can say I I have this consumer elect. You know, <laughs> actually I see them sometimes. There'll be TVs for like twenty five dollars or whatever on Amazon, and it's just like some brand you've never heard of, and you know that they they might last thirty days before. Yeah, no, we, you know? we we're planning on a vetting process, so it's it's going to be qualitative it's going to be sellers that are not widely distributed on every single place online and we really want to bring quality to our customers but be but also there's a balance between being competitive too so we want to bring value on the competitive side mm -hmm. but not overflow i think there's just a balance andy I, it doesn't have to be a million sellers in consumer electronics and all go, you know all of you just go fight and the consumer gets the end of it sometimes where you're right they end up seeing some irrelevancies of brands and products and honestly garbage i find yeah, and i i have no doubt that there's a vp at amazon or a director of this or that who runs the numbers and says look we, we make more total revenue this way and quarter after quarter you know by by putting these sponsored results here or whatever opening up our platform this widely or whatever but to your point you it seems to me you're sitting in the consumer's shoe, you know, as an Amazon end user, as a Circuit City end user, and and you know, in the, wearing their shoes rather, <laughs> wearing the consumer's shoes, or sitting in their seat, and you're you're saying like, look, you have to give them a good experience to get them to come back. Maybe Absolutely. Amazon is so big it just doesn't matter, but you know, for any other company, in the in the long run, I do think it matters. And so, you know, you mentioned balance, that makes a lot of sense to me. The balance of value. Of quality, you want some some depth, but not to the point where I'm overwhelmed by. But also, Andy, the third party sellers are the ones supporting Amazon. Being in the consumer electronic industry for two de over two decades at this point, I know, humbly speaking, I, I know most of the sellers, the high, you know, the higher tiered 
sellers that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, and we all know each other. We go to the same trade shows. We, we're, we're friends. I'm friends with a lot of them. And I asked, at point blank, I said, would you be willing to, to bring your brand and sell on circuit say that like, yes, of course. It's just, if for us, we just got to connect with you. Give us another way to sell products. Give us another platform that's dedicated and we can highlight, you know, the, my, my pitch was, hey, we can highlight you. You don't have to be buried in the search. You can prominently be placed. And what that does for Circuit City is it reduces the risk of inventory even further. Um, it really reduces almost everything for us on, on um, you know, the risk side of handling that. We really just have to focus on transacting and bringing traffic to our site, which we do get a healthy amount of traffic. You mentioned marketing. I've tested out the brand Circuit City versus a brand that's not known. We can we highly convert more than that, two to three x times, just because of the brand. People do have right. that. You know, it's like it's like a billboard. Which, which is, by the way, how you can even compete with cost per click or AdWords. Absolutely. Because without that lift, if I just start andyscomputerstore.com tomorrow, how am I ever going to be able to compete with, you know, yeah. how? You, you said it right. You're. I, I, I like how you're looking at it because if if Andy's computer store had a HP laptop or an Apple MacBook at the same price as Circuit City, mm-hmm. the question is who would you rather buy from? Right. Well, maybe not you, Andy, but uh, <laughs> it was Andy's computer store. But if John wanted to buy a new laptop, I'd rather buy from a brand I a company I know. So we don't have to be the lowest price to get people at all. That's not the play here. But we have to be. We, we are competitive. We we have healthy margins on our products, and again, we we only we we actually bring in products and list products that meet a requirement for margin. By the way, so that's why we don't want to carry every single brand, every single TV. It's bringing in the top stuff and having services. We didn't we didn't speak about services. Having the service element besides selling product uh, that we're highly focused on gives us that balance of margin. It's Ronnie. It's just so fascinating, you know that. You take a market like consumer electronics and you think that surely everything has been tried. But some of the stuff, honestly, the thing that you told me today that has blown me away the, the most is just having your phone number on your website. That actually, but you know, and it's, it's wow, so yeah. what's old is new again. Um, but, but it is interesting that you're taking this brand name, you're kind of connecting it to the past, I think in some good ways, I mean that in a good way, you know, connecting to people's trust with the brand name, maybe bringing back some things that people remember from back in the day that were good things, like being able to talk to a human being and then not really competing head to head with Amazon. I think, I think your phrase was finding that white space and there is still a ton of white space, right? But you have to be creative enough and not ever, I'm usually not creative enough to find it. You're, I can tell you're a very creative guy. So you know, props. Well, have, we that. have a good team, Andy. We have a good team. You know, we've we've assembled Navy SEALs. Our 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 team consists of experts that have been in e-commerce, technology, consumer electronics for a, at least a decade plus. Uh, and we're going to continue to find the right talent. We even part of our uh, our new uh, board of advisors. We have somebody that worked at Amazon, worked for Circuit City, Amazon, Radio Shack. Uh, so they, we really are finding the right people, bringing them on board to, to scale and help us grow and get to the next milestones of, of where we need to go. So there's, there's just there's just so much to do, uh, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and I, you know I want to be respectful of your time, so I know we're almost out of time, but I know I, I have one more question, which is just 
obviously you all are growing quickly and you know, what's your vision in terms of how big can this get? Could, could this circuit city be as big or bigger than the old circuit city? Are you, are you thinking of building this towards an IPO or, or like, what's the, yeah. what's the big, you know, 10 year rock kind of, you know, big picture dream here. If you can think about where Amazon was from any other e-commerce or retailer out there over the last 25 years, could, could we can we envision or have that foresight that Amazon's now worth 1.4 trillion on the open market? I don't. I, I wouldn't put a cap on Circuit City. I think Circuit City, if Circuit City, we we are planning, Andy, part of our execution plan to one of our ways to exit for a liquidity event it would be an IPO. Um, and I and I think not putting a cap on it is the way to go. You know, we we the time over the last COVID has accelerated e-commerce so dramatically far that it's definitely um, set us to grow and accelerate faster than we thought about. And um, I do think that Circuit City can be in the billions of dollars in valuation down the road. And um, just because of what we're doing, you know, we're we're doing things differently. We're not capped out by the amount of stores we're opening. We're we're a digital company, digital first, and pushing out all our four pillars will allow us to just expand and grow in ways that Circuit City never could have before because of technology. It has helped us now really find ways to bring the brand out to to so many different places. So if, if I'll give you an example, really quick to end with this: if a customer's on Lowe's.com and we are placed with Lowe's or JCPenney. And they find our products there. We have never have dreamed to, to think about uh, that way to transact. So these are these are innovative ways to expand the brand and offering where the customers. So we want to be where the customers are, either in Google, either on our website, or with another you know really qualitative company out there. And um, I think that you know consumer electronics now is really ripe for disruption. I really think that um, all the years that we've been doing this, it's such a great time. You know, we live and breathe technology. We're all connected to our phones and our devices. We can't live without them. Um, so it's really a great space to be in. And, and specifically being in technology, we've seen the, the most enormous growth as far as um, us being, you know, entrepreneurs and operators. It, it's really, we see the most, I'd say, I'd say um, return. If you could think about a different type of investment, this is why I'm in this business. I love it, and uh, yeah, I'll end there. But uh, I, it's been it's been so good. I mean, you you asked so many good questions, and so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, Ronnie, it's my pleasure. And like I said, this this strategy, this vision, it really excites me. Uh, obviously, to, to to plug for our audience, you know, if, if you want to visit Circuit City to buy a computer or a consumer, you know, electronics gadget, CircuitCity.com. But Ronnie. Is there anywhere where our audience of private equity professionals and investors can go to learn more about the the private equity side of your strategy or, or that side? Of Absolutely. The we just recently launched our Series A funding round. And uh, if somebody would like to see all the information, we have a site called invest.circuitcity.com. Got it. And that link will obviously be in our show notes, which as always are available on wealthchannel.com. Ronnie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank show. you. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
that's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review to help spread the word to other investors. And we'll be back soon with another episode.